Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician Dr. Robert Jackson, his wife Carlotta, and their daughter Hannah Miller, this program will help you understand that human beings are more than just physiology, that for people there's more than just diagnosis and treatment, and that in life there's more than just medicine for a cure. This is More Than Medicine, and the doctor is in. Welcome back to More Than Medicine. My name is Hannah Miller, and I'm here with my dad, Dr. Robert Jackson. And this week, we're going to be talking about priorities, and we're in a bit of kind of a mini-series. So, Dad, do a brief recap for us what we've, been cover- what we've covered already. All right. If you remember, two weeks ago, we talked about prior- uh, pre- perspective and how that flows out of our presuppositions. We as Christian folks presuppose that there is a God in heaven and that He intervenes in the affairs of men. He has revealed Himself through the written Word and the living Word, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we understand that there is an entire contingent of the population that presupposes that God does not exist and that He does not intervene in the affairs of men. We as Christian folks, presuppose that there is God, a God, and that He is divine, sovereign, and intervenes in the affairs of men in order to reveal Himself and His redemptive plan towards men. Out of that presupposition flows our perspective in life. And the perspective is that we should live our lives for our ultimate purpose, which is to glorify God, which is what we talked about last week, purpose. This week, we're talking about priorities. Well, before we dive in, can you give us a definition of priorities? Yeah, a a priority is that which takes precedence, that which has the highest claim on my time, my talents, my treasure, my energy. And so that begs the question, who or what has the highest claim on my life. Well, I would submit to you and our listeners that God has a prior claim on our lives. He has the highest claim on our lives. And the reason for that is, number one, He created you and me from the dust of the earth. He created us and breathed into us the breath of life. Secondly, every day He sustains you and me. Every heartbeat is a gift from God. Every breath is a gift from God. Not only did He create me, but He sustains me day by day. And then thirdly, He redeemed you and me. He redeemed us from hell and the grave and the pit. And He made us a part of His family. Because of these three things, God has a legitimate prior claim on our lives. So that which takes precedence is our allegiance, our loyalty, our love for our God and for our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what activities should have the highest claim on our time, our talent, and our treasure? Well, I would submit to you it is the things that help us pursue a relationship with our Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit. You see, we all understand that Christianity is a relationship. It's a vital 
living relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And the priority in my Christian life is pursuing and cultivating that relationship. And that's the thing which has the highest claim on my life, which means to me that if all else is left undone, what are the things in every day that should not be left undone? If nothing else is done in every day, there should be a few things that should always be accomplished. And for you and me as Christian folks, that's spending time in the Word, spending time on my knees in prayer, and pursuing that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, abiding in the vine, as Jesus called it in John chapter 15. He told us that He is the vine and we are the branches, and that He who abides in Me, He will do what? He bears much fruit. And if you remember from last week, we studied that bearing fruit is the thing that brings glory to God, which is our ultimate purpose in life, to bring glory to God. So if all else is left undone, these are the things that should not be left undone. From the time that I awaken in the morning until the time that I sleep at night, I do not cease to seek for an opportunity to discharge my priorities. And the question then becomes, do we order our lives by these priorities? So what do you think are some of the things that keep us from pursuing priorities? Well, there's two things, and I call them the principle of pressure and the principle of pleasure. Now, let's talk about the first one, the principle of pressure. All of us experience time pressure, financial pressure, the pressure of the expectations of other people in our lives, and sometimes self-imposed pressure. There's also the emotional things that we deal with, like anxiety, the fear of failure, the fear of deadlines or debt or the expectation of other people. And then many of us are involved in what we what I call performance relationships. There are people in our lives that do not love us unconditionally. And we have a performance relationship with those folks that puts undue pressure on our lives. That may be a boss. It may be a military commander. It may be somebody in your life that that holds sway over you or your schedule. And these people, these issues, these things put pressure on our lives. And I call it the tyranny of the urgent. That means that things that are seemingly important or seemingly urgent tend to control our lives. I remember seeing on the wall behind a businessman's uh, counter uh, in his business one time it says your failure to plan does not constitute an emergency on my part mm-hmm. and I've pondered that for a long time because that's true lots of folks in life are poor planners they don't live by schedule they don't live by calendar and because of it their life always seems to be one crisis to the next one mm-hmm. urgency to the next and, you know, if if you think about it, Jesus was never in a hurry, was he? No. No, no. Even when his best friend Lazarus yeah. lay dying, 
Jesus wasn't in a hurry. He waited two or three more days before he even went to heed the call of Mary and Martha, Lazarus' brothers. And so Jesus was always in control of his life, in control of his situation. And a friend of mine told me one time, he said, if you're in a hurry, he said, either you're doing the wrong things or you're doing the right things the wrong way. And that stuck with me. I heard that in college, and it stuck with me through all these years. And what it tells me is that I may not be managing my life well if I'm always in a hurry. Well, many of us are tyrannized by the things that are urgent. And urgency and chaos tends to rule our lives. And that pressure, the tyranny of the urgent, controls our everyday life and what it does is it squeeze God it squeezes God right out of our life it squeezes the pursuit of priority right out of our lives and satan uses the tyranny of the urgent the tyranny of the expectations of other people the tyranny of finances time pressure anxiety the fear of failure all of these things Satan uses them to squeeze God out of our lives. Now, I read many years ago where Martin Luther once said that he had so much to do today that I must spend an extra hour in prayer. (laughs) Now, what do you and I do when we wake up and we have so many things to do today? Well, we just skip our prayer time, don't mm-hmm. we? We just skip that and put it aside and just hit the ground running. And we start off with our hair on fire and start pursuing all the things that we have to accomplish that day. And we forget our priority. We forget that our priority is to pursue a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Martin Luther didn't forget that. He understood his priority was to pursue that relationship with God. Now, why would he say that he had so much to do that he had to spend an extra hour with God? Because he knew that the more he prayed, the more God was involved in his life, the more God was on his side. Although he understood that there would be less quantity time, there would be more quality time because God would be involved in his life and in the affairs of his day. And the challenge for you and me is to escape from the tyranny of the urgent, from the principle of pressure, and to every day pursue our priority like Martin Luther did. Now, the second principle is the principle of pleasure. If you remember in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 4, Paul is speaking to Timothy. He's talking about the end time. And He says to him that at the end time, people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now, when I was in college, Miss Hannah, I took a course in the humanities. And I realized that for most of time in history up until the 1800s, all of art was mostly about royalty, their families, about religion, and about the military and wars, things like Mm -hmm. that, or or sometimes about nature, okay? Well, then all of a sudden, the Industrial Revolution hits, and suddenly there was a middle class that had never existed. Previously, there were the rich, 
and the very poor, but the Industrial Revolution created a middle class, and the middle class suddenly had a little bit of affluence, and they had time on their hands to do things like going to the park, going on picnics, rowing in a boat down the river. It wasn't just all about scratching for a living. And art always reveals culture. And so artists began to paint pictures of the middle class doing the things that they were doing with their extra time and their extra money. And it was interesting because my humanities book called this era in art history the pursuit of pleasure. And I thought that was very intriguing because I think that today's world is still in the pursuit of pleasure. And the reason is, is because people today have more discretionary income and more discretionary time than they have ever had in the history of the world. Now, I'm talking about in in American culture, Western civilization. Uh, I've been on many mission trips to third world countries where folks get up in the morning and they pray to God every day for their daily bread. Mm -hmm. They work and scrabble hard all day for their daily bread. There's no pursuit of pleasure in their life because they don't have discretionary income. They don't have discretionary time. Every bit of their time and effort is spent on feeding their family for that day. So I'm talking mostly about Western civilization. And so we are today obsessed with the pursuit of pleasure. Our culture is a narcissistic culture. People only do what they want to do or what they have to do. Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, Paul was speaking about one of his previous disciples who traveled with him, and his name was Demas. And the verse says that Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Mm. Oh my goodness, what a terrible indictment on somebody who was a former disciple and follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray to God that that is never, ever said about you and me, that we forsook the Lord Jesus Christ because we loved this present world. In fact, in 1 John chapter 2, the the Apostle John, speaking to his audience, he said to them, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. So it's a challenge for us living in an affluent society like we do to not let the principle of pleasure control our lives and squeeze God out of our lives. Squeeze the pursuit of priority out of our lives. Now let me ask a question. Why did God give us leisure time? You know, for centuries, people scrabbled for a living every day. And that prayer, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, meant something. When I was in Haiti, I met people who often did not eat for two or three days at a time. And it was a standard question in the medical clinic, especially of women who were widowed. When did you last eat? And it was not uncommon for them to say, 
The last time we ate was two or three days ago. And then the follow-up question was, what did you eat? And the standard response was roots. They would dig in the ground and find roots, and they would eat them, boil them, cook them. And of course, there's very little nutrition in that. And almost everyone in the rural place in Haiti where we ministered, the people were scrawny, skinny, and unhealthy because of the lack of food. Those folks understood what it meant when Jesus said to pray this day, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. So why does God give us this affluence? Why does he give us extra income and leisure time? Well, I believe it's so that you and I can pursue the kingdom of God, that we have time to pursue our priorities. Number one, our relationship with the heavenly father. But number two, the challenge that Jesus gave us to make disciples of all the nations. We have the resources in America to do that. We have the time in America to do that. But yet we allow pleasure and pressure to squeeze God out of our lives and to squeeze the pursuit of the kingdom of God right out of our lives. So to what kinds of things should we invest our lives. Well, we talked about that in previous lessons. We should invest our lives in the things that are eternal. And there's only two things that are eternal. One is God and His Word, and the other is the souls of men. When we invest our lives in these two things, we invest our lives in things that will net for us an eternal dividend. The wise man invests his life not in the pursuit of pleasure, but in the pursuit of building the kingdom of God and cultivating a relationship with his heavenly father. For what will you give your life? Every man and woman gives their life in exchange for something. We have to be very focused about this. And when you meet somebody who's very focused about pursuing their true priorities in life, People will look at them and say, well, you know, they're just fanatical about their religion. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say to that that it's only fanatics who change the world. Only people who are very focused on their relationship with Jesus and their commitment to obeying his commands are the people who would change the world for the kingdom of God. I read a quote one time talking about D.L. Moody, the famous evangelist of the 1800s, And the quote says that he was always out of breath in pursuit of lost souls. You see, this man was focused. He was fanatical about his objective of winning the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why he's so great in the eyes of Christian people. It was said that he personally led a million people to faith in Christ. And this happened in the time before mass media was available. And it's because he was focused. And he didn't let time pressure or the principle of pleasure to control his life. So you just and you just restated we've, you've talked about the principle of pressure and the principle of pleasure. Talk to us about the principle of priority. What? All right. Well, let me tell you a story first before I begin that. Some years ago, I was associated with some men who were good Christian men, good friends of mine, and they were deer hunters, and I was a deer hunter. And these men were serious deer hunters. Mm -hmm. 
and they would spend an entire day hunting from before dark till after dark. And I would go with them, and Carlotta, my wife, didn't mind me being with these men because they were good, God-fearing Christian men. But she always had an issue with me spending the entire Saturday in the woods hunting. Why? Well, it's because I had four little girls and a little boy at the house at the time. And she would say to me, Robert, those children need you. And she would say to me, you need to check your priorities. Well, of course, every time she said that, I would just, uh, the hackles on the back of my neck would stand <laughs> up. Because what man wants his wife saying, you need yeah. to check your priorities? Well, occasionally they would take off and spend an entire weekend camping out and hunting from Friday noon until Saturday night late. And, uh, and I would go with them always in the pursuit of Mr. Big, that big deer with the big antlers. Mm-hmm. And we had a good time. But guess who was at home all alone? with five children, well, my sweet little bride. Mm -hmm. And I would come home, and she would be none too happy. Mm -hmm. And she would say to me, Robert, those children need you. And, of course, what she was saying also was that I need you. It's hard being here every day with five children without the support of their father and my husband. And then she would say, you need to check your priorities. Well, Miss Hannah, one particular day, I was sitting about 20 feet up a pine tree in a deer stand, and it was cold, and the wind was blowing. I could see the sun setting in the in the west, and the colors were beautiful as the autumn trees were all out in front of me. And I was sitting there, and all I could hear in my ear was my wife saying, you need to check your priorities. And it perfect, it just completely ruined a beautiful afternoon deer hunting. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there trying to enjoy the hunt, trying to look for Mr. Big, and all that's in my back of my mind is, Robert, you need to check your priorities. Mm-hmm. And I started praying to the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Robert, your prim- primary priority is to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And your second priority is to be a daddy. Mm -hmm. Your third priority is to be a good, competent Christian doctor. Your fourth priority is to be a discipler of men. And at the very bottom of the list is a deer hunter. Now, that's a good alliteration. A disciple, a daddy, a doctor, a discipler, and a deer hunter. And as I'm sitting there thinking about all that, suddenly I decided it's time for me to leave. And I just uh, scurried down that tree, got in my truck, drove home, got home before dark. And my wife looks at me and she says, did you get a deer? And I said, no, ma'am. She said, well, why are you home before dark? And I said, well, the Lord spoke to me and told me that I needed to listen to my wife. And I'm here to be with you and the kids. Well, a big tear rolls out of her eyes. And Dr. Jackson started getting his priorities in line. So the principle of priority is this. A life governed by priority is a life that pleases God. We are all people of destiny and purpose. And we have to prayerfully determine what our priorities are. And then we have to write them down. So... Tell us about the Christian Businessmen's Conference and how it changed your life. You talked to you, you you talked a little bit about that before we started the show this morning. Um, can you tell me a little bit? Can you talk about that? Well, it's interesting. I went to a businessmen's conference 
and there were doctors there and lawyers and accountants, just mostly professional men. And the the leader of the conference looks at us and he says, I want you to write a list of your priorities. So all the men took a little paper and pen and they wrote out their top priorities. Well, then after he finished, he looks at us and he says, now I want you to look at your calendar and your checkbook and I want you to write down what your priorities really are. Hmm. And I heard men groaning. And he gave us another few minutes and, 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 and Hannah, I'm telling you the truth. Two of the men in the group actually started weeping out loud. And when it came time to share, several of the men would not even share. They were so mortally embarrassed by the disparity between the priorities that they wrote down. Mm-hmm. As Christian men, they knew what their priorities should be. Mm-hmm. But when they looked at their calendar and their checkbook, they realized that the reality, their real priorities didn't even come close to what their priorities ought to be. Well, because of my experience in the deer stand (laughs) and listening to the voice of my wife and the voice of Holy Spirit, when it came time for me, I was not embarrassed. Thank the Lord. (laughs) I was prepared because God had gotten my priorities in line. And I'm so thankful for that experience in the deer woods, listening to God and listening to my wife. And I had written down my priorities, and I was prepared for that event. But I, I'm afraid that lots of Christian folks have never sat down long enough to write down their priorities as they should be, and then to take stock of their lives spiritually as it really is. We have to look at our, our checkbook. We have to look at our calendar, and that tells the real story. Now, we can't do everything. We have to divide between priorities and trivialities, between things that are high priority and low priority. We all remember the story in Luke 10 of Mary and Martha when Jesus came to their house and Martha was scurrying about cooking and cleaning. And Mary says to her, Lord, tell my sister to come and help me. And Jesus looks at Mary and says, I'm sorry, she looks at, he looks at Martha and says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which will never be taken away from her. And you see, you and I have to look at our schedule, look at our lives, and decide what is that one thing that is needful. And I submit to our listeners that that one thing is our relationship with the Lord Jesus and the time that we spend investing in building the kingdom of God. Now, the successful pursuit of priorities involves proper time management. The Bible tells us that we should redeem the time. And it's imperative for us to manage our time well if we're going to be good at living by the principle of priority, which means I'm going to have to learn how to say no. There are a lot of things in life that I cannot do, and I have to say no to those things. Excessive television, excessive time on the internet. There's just lots of things that would squeeze God out of my life. And I I tell people all the time, you should say no to one thing every day just to stay in practice. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's the conclusion. Do you want to be Demas or do you want to be Paul? You remember at the end of his life, Paul said that he he had finished his course, finished the race, and that he was ready to see Jesus. He was ready to give account of his life. And then there was Demas who had forsaken Jesus and had loved the present world. 
Who do you want to be, Demas or Paul? If we don't prayerfully establish our priorities and diligently pursue them, somebody or something else will establish our priorities for us and they will run our lives. God forbid. Thank you for listening to today's edition of More Than Medicine. You can follow Jackson Family Ministry on Facebook, Instagram, and on their website. Be sure to contact them via jacksonfamilyministry at gmail.com for speaking engagements and for book information. Join us next time for More Than Medicine.